My name is Andy Sipes, and I'm uh, one of our pastors here and also oversee our missions ministries here. And welcome to our Missions Sunday, where we are celebrating our local missions groups. And we're delighted to have you here sharing with us. Also delighted this morning to have with us Carter Morris. And uh, Carter was a pastor for 15 years, and the past six years been leading a ministry called Grace Bridge that you've heard us talk about a little bit. He's going to share some more about that. But I'm excited to, uh, to have Carter here with us to share. Uh, Carter and his wife, Julie, have three kiddos, two girls and a boy. They're going to be here next service. So uh, if you stick around, you can maybe meet them. But uh, I'm excited to have Carter here to share. And uh, before he comes up, have a short uh, video to introduce it. This is a box. Total cost, about 75 cents. But when you add a jar of peanut butter, a can of pasta sauce, vegetables, fruit, some soup, pasta, rice, beans, and top it all off with a bag of cereal, you get much more than a box and much more than food. 48 million people in the U.S. suffer from food insecurity and poverty. Grace Bridge seeks to help people in physical need so that we can share with them how to have their deepest need met through Jesus. This is why we say, hope served here. But Gracebridge goes far beyond packing and distributing food boxes. We've developed a disaster relief program to serve those in need far beyond our area code. And it's even gained the attention of local news stations. And have developed a community garden to provide naturally fresh-grown produce to those we serve. With the help of over 4,000 volunteers, we have seen more than 10,000 individuals served and over 400 lives given to Christ. Well, good morning. It is great to be with you, and uh, I... I uh, I'm always humbled whenever I see that video and see some of the stats that we share with uh, you this morning because uh, this is truly a God work, a work that God established, that God is doing, and, and I, I do have the privilege of being the team leader, uh, but uh, like any good thing that, that works well and works well for the kingdom of the Lord, it's, uh, it's a team effort, and so we have some great staff. You, many of you know Nikki, who uh, serves here, or Goes to church here, but also serves on our staff uh, at Gracebridge and serves at our resale store in, uh, in Salina. But many of you have probably come and served, or I know some of the students have. Have any of you in here been to Gracebridge and served? In the, look at that. That's, that warms my heart right there. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys. Thank you for your faithful service already uh, to, to Gracebridge and to the work that we're doing, as well as those of you who brought donations today. And uh, hey, we take donations all the time. So uh, if you decide when you get home, you have a whole closet that you need to donate, we'll come pick it up, or uh, I'll tell you a little bit later where there's going to be a place here in Frisco for you to drop it off in the days ahead. Um, but let me say this, one, if you meet me and you forget me, you've lost nothing. But if you meet Jesus Christ and you forget him, you've lost everything. And so though I'm going to talk a lot about Grace Bridge this morning, I want to let you know that I'm excited to share God's word with you and to hopefully introduce you to Jesus Christ if you don't know him, but also as I know I'm probably in the presence of many believers this morning, to encourage us that we need to see worshiping God as an act of obedience, and that we need to see worshiping 
God through service is something that he calls us to. That an act of worship, a form of worship, is serving other people. I love worshiping with y'all this morning. The worship team is just incredible at leading us through the throne. And of course, we're going to worship here together in a few minutes as we open up the Word of God. In fact, I have some scriptures listed in the listening guide, but the first one I'd like for you to turn to is Mark chapter 12, and you can just put your finger on verse 28 and hold that while I share a little bit with you. Six years ago, almost six years ago, we started Grace Bridge, and it was born out of a work that had been going on for a few years, and we came in, and uh, the question was, we do some food baskets at Thanksgiving and Christmas in the Salina area and some of the surrounding towns, but what happens to the families the other 10 months out of the year? And ultimately, that is when Grace Bridge was born. And uh, it is a volunteer-based organization. It doesn't happen without the faithful help of so many of God's people and volunteers that come and serve with us. And we are people who are caring for people. We are families who are serving families. Uh, Andy mentioned uh, my, my family earlier, and I, I, I love my family dearly, and I couldn't imagine serving others without them. And so my little girls that are seven and almost six years old, and, uh, and then my, my son, who is 14 months, we strap him to a stroller, and man, we go serve together. It's part of what we do. And then companies impacting communities. And it really is about God's people coming together. In fact, I'm so grateful uh, that Andy and Summer and Pastor Wayne would even give me this opportunity to come and share with you, because I hope for a couple of things for you today, and I pray a couple of things for you today, uh, that you will feel called to come and partner with us. Because it is so much more than just simply giving out a box of food. It is truly about engaging people in a place of their need so that we can earn the right to share the gospel with them and to see their lives changed forever. Our tagline is hope served here. Because far more than a box of food and far more than a pair of jeans or a shirt that someone may need, though all of those things are important, the basic necessities of life are important. We're called to do this in Scripture. In Luke 3.11, uh, it says, If you have two tunics and you see someone who has none, give him one of those tunics. And if you have food, you should do likewise. I mean, these are biblical commands. This is what we're called to do. And so, so we do that, but it goes beyond that when we begin to share people with how they can have their deepest needs, their, the voids in their hearts met through a relationship with Christ. And of course, we have an opportunity to share with people who find themselves in a hopeless situation. We can introduce them to the anchor of hope, and that's Jesus Christ. And we know that Jesus is not the band-aid for all of our problems, that all their problems don't go away, but at least now they have a frame of reference that's grounded in eternity that goes so far beyond their circumstances, they at least have somewhere to turn to. And so when Grace Bridge was started five, six, almost six years ago, we realized that there was a need in the developing suburban areas of the Metroplex. We serve about a 35-mile radius from downtown Salina out of a little green building that we have. We also have a couple of partner churches that do service in Cook County and in the far east side of Collin County. And then my brother's church in Tennessee has also started a Grace Bridge work where they do limited points of distribution. They use our model. We provide them resources. And, and, and we walk through this process of seeing people engaged with the gospel through different services that we provide. Our food distributions on the first and third Saturday of every month or one of our limited distribution points that I mentioned earlier at one of these other churches, people can get a free box of food, a box of personal care products, 
vegetables and, and frozen meat that's donated through partnership that we have with some retailers, as well as um, we give fresh bread from Pepperidge Farms every distribution. It's just, it's just an incredible opportunity. And then also, as a part of those food distributions, we try to create a, um, an atmosphere of fellowship because there's so much uh, going on that someone would even need to humble themselves to walk up to the door of Grace Bridge. We try to make this be not I'm over here, not need, and you're over here in need. And it's really, look, we're just doing life together. Let's grab a hot dog. Let's grab a bag of chips. Let's share that. You know, let's just sit down and talk. And then, of course, every person that comes to the doors at one of our food distributions meets with what's called a family encourager. We do information intake. We, we ask them how we can pray for them. We read God's word over them, and then we share the gospel with them. And all of that takes place at our food distributions. The other thing is, is that when I was studying, um, uh, working on some classes that I had in my continuing education before God called me to do Grace Bridge full-time, uh, he had given me three things. He had called me to preach and proclaim the gospel, to meet the needs of the poor, and to mobilize the church to do the first two. And through that, I started reading in Luke chapter 4 where Jesus preaches his, his first public sermon. And he takes the scroll from the attendant and he opens it up and it's out of Isaiah. And, he, and, he, and he's talking about how he had come. He said, behold, in Luke chapter 4 verse 17, and he says, behold, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And I've come to proclaim the good news to the poor. And the truth is, apart from Jesus Christ, we're all poor and in desperate need. And then he goes on and he talks about how to recover the sight to the blind and to set the captives free and those who are oppressed. And so as a part of that, we started a vision clinic uh, where people can come in and get free eye exams and they can get brand new glasses in their prescription for $20. I wear contacts, so I'm cheating today, but my glasses didn't cost me $20. And so you can only imagine the benefit that is to a family or to a child who is struggling in school but can't afford to go and get an eye exam. And again, it's just this beautiful picture. If this is what Jesus took time to preach on his first sermon, then these are the things that I knew I should be about and that we should be about as believers caring and serving for the needs of other people. I mentioned Nikki earlier that we have a resale store. We take in-kind donations and we do three things with those in-kind donations. We take them, we meet the needs of the people that we serve, we sell them in our resale store, which by the way, we just bought a new property here in Frisco. Uh, this is a part of the strategy of today, if you will. We bought a new property here in Frisco, uh, and it'll be opening here in the next couple months so that you can bring your donations, but you can also shop, and it will lead to a future food distribution center here in Frisco so that we can do more ministry of loving people who are in need and sharing the gospel with them right here in Frisco and in this well, heavily populated area of Collin County. We have our community gardens. Uh, we love doing this. This is a discipleship opportunity for us. And then we have annual events that we do where we, uh, uh, through a partnership that we have with some local businessmen and academy sports, where we buy brand new bicycles and brand new Bibles. And we've given out almost 400, I said 350 earlier, but almost 400 bicycles in the last couple years. And every one of those children have been prayed over and had the gospel shared with them. And they've been given a brand new Bible. And then as a part of God's people, just being faithful to respond with what they are given and to help mobilize the army of Christ we started doing disaster relief a few years back, and 
It's been a huge blessing to go in and just simply help people pick up the pieces of their lives after a tornado. Or we went to West when the fertilizer plant exploded. And, and we're not highly trained by any means. Boots, gloves, glasses, a hat, and some sunscreen and a chainsaw. You can go a long way for somebody, okay? And so if that's you, you can be a part of that. But, um, and then ultimately, all of these are designed to engage people in meaningful relationships so that we can earn the right to share the gospel with to them and be the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so when we come to a mission Sunday and a guy says a statement like, man, I need to see worshiping God as if I'm serving other people. And when I serve other people, it's my act of worship to the Lord. What does that really mean? Where do we go from here? Well, this is a little outdated, this number. We've seen almost 500 people come to know Christ in the last five and a half years. Even yesterday, the last person who walked through the door was a brand new family. We'd never met them before. We walked them through our process. We, we promised them they had they, they've done everything they needed to do to receive assistance. And in the last minute of the last second of the conversation, their family encourager just said, hey, would you like to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And right there on the spot, they prayed to receive Christ. And for God to receive the glory for this many changed lives, it begs the question, is how can we begin to see serving people as worshiping God? Taking our most valuable commodity, which is our time, and being intentional with it to the point that we see life change. Take your Bibles in Mark chapter 12 and look with me at this incredible passage of Scripture in Mark chapter 12, beginning in verse 28. This is what... The word of God says, it says, And when one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he, talking about Jesus, answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? A couple of different things that are happening. That's awesome how you can do that. A couple of different things are happening here where we see that this guy is asking Jesus a question but almost trying to trick him into maybe putting one of the other verses or other commandments that God has given above another. But Jesus answered him in verse 29, and he says, The most important is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And Jesus goes on, or Mark goes on to capture the fact that the guy had answered well, and, 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 and Jesus said that, uh, the scribe said that you'd answer well, Jesus. I couldn't imagine looking at Jesus and going, good job, Jesus, you answered that well. I mean, you wrote it, <laughs> but you did good. But the truth is, is, is that Jesus took all the commandments that God had given his people, and he summed it up really into two statements. And this is where we get the answer to this question, what does the Lord really require to me of me when it comes to worship? Yes, through song. Yes, through hymns. Yes, through opening the word of God. But what about our worship being that of serving others? And so I told you all earlier, my brother has a church in Tennessee, and I like to keep things simple. And so this is what God requires of us, to love him, and to love others, to love God 
and to love others. In fact, you can't be a follower of Christ in this room this morning and say that you love God and not love others. There's another couple of scriptures that I have there for you, and they're, they're not going to be on the screen. But um, the other scriptures I have for you is in Isaiah chapter 58. And just for the sake of time, if you, if you let me just summarize that for us. Basically, in Isaiah chapter 58, there's a, a, a chapter there, a portion of Isaiah's account that talks about how, talks about how um, people were fasting. And he talks about the difference between true fasting and false fasting. And that there were a group of religious people who had taken the spiritual act of fasting so that they could be closer to God and that God would hear their prayers and they were, do, they were using it to lord over other people, to beat them down or to make themselves look better than another person. And then, of course, Isaiah uses a little, he's being obedient to the Lord, he uses a little sarcasm there and he goes, do you really think this is what God intended? Because would it not be better for you to spend less time False fasting, taking a break from something so that you can get closer to God and look and appear more religious than the others and go and serve the homeless, bring them into your home. This is in verse 7 through 10 where he talks about this. Bring them into your home, clothe those who have no clothes, feed the hungry, and do these acts of worship before, the God, that, before God that would be more meaningful than empty religious Acts. And then if you would turn over to a few pages to the right in your Bible, to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. There is a, another beautiful passage of Scripture here where we see the Pharisee and the tax collector coming in to the temple. And in Luke chapter 18, beginning in verse 9, he says, He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like that other man. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and are even like the tax collector right here. What an example. In verse 12. I fast twice a week. I give tithes, all that I, uh, tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to the house of the justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So the Lord requires of us to put the needs of others ahead of our own as an act of worship and obedience to Him because we've been called by the Word of God to love Him with all that we are, with all that we have, and to serve others because of His great love for us. I mean, God loved us when we were unlovable. So what does He want me to do? What does this look like in my life day in and day out? A few more pages over to the right in Galatians chapter 5. In Galatians chapter 5, we're going to see a passage of Scripture written to the church in Galatians, Word of God to us today, that we're truly free to serve other people. In Galatians chapter 5, in Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 13. For you, look at that, I remembered. It's on the screen for you as well. For you were called to freedom, brothers. 
Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Can I encourage you with this this morning? That if you are like me and you've been a follower of Jesus Christ for some time, you and the grace that God has poured out on you, you are free to serve. You are free to give. You are free to love unconditionally. I told you a great story that happened yesterday. A person walked in who was dead in their sins, and they walked out made alive in Jesus Christ. There was another part of yesterday, and this is where I'm reminded that God loves us while we were yet sinners, and we are to love those who are even unlovable. While Carter Morris was unlovable, Jesus chose to love me anyway. And yesterday, I had the privilege of standing in front of a guy who called me names that I cannot repeat because I'm at church. All right? And he did it with full intention. It wasn't accidental. He didn't miss text. He was talking with his mouth. And he called me names that were truly hurtful. But in that moment, I was reminded that I only stand in front of him as a servant of the Lord because I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. His grace is sufficient in my life. And that I am free to serve him because that's what he deserves. Because Christ died for him. And I'm uncertain of his spiritual journey that he's on, but I could definitely tell you he was in need of the love of Christ in that moment. And so when we beg ourselves these questions of, you know, what does the Lord require of me? Uh, what does He want me to do? He wants me to, 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 to serve other people and to do it with zero regard for the outcome as far as how it's going to affect me. Can I tell you what? There, there are a lot of great organizations. In fact, today is Mission Sunday, and you've probably saw the, the tables out there. And there, there's, there's some wonderful Jesus gospel-centered ministries out there, along with Grace Bridge, um, that I get to have the privilege to lead. But I'm telling you this, there, there is a whole other side of this in our world of just simply doing good. And doing good for a couple of reasons. One, to feel good about yourself, or to feel less guilty about what you have and what others don't have. But then there's the other act of service that comes where we serve other people because we expect it to be reciprocated. And those of you who are in this room that have been the privilege of, of being a parent to a baby, uh, you know that child cannot reciprocate love, but you don't stop showing that child love. And that's why it's so important that when we do service projects, when we go on events and, or mission trips and we serve, we have to be reminded that it has to go beyond just doing something good for someone, but we need to introduce them to the love of Jesus Christ. We need to introduce him to the person that's radically changed us from the inside out. And so how can worshiping God through serving others become a reality? I believe it begins with this concept of missional living. Of living on purpose each and every day with the intention that I'm going to take some of the simplest of things in life and use them for God's glory, for God's kingdom, with the complete intention of telling others about Him. Of, 
of this missional living concept, we see that it can begin with a couple of isolated experiences. On the first and third Saturday of every month, you can come up to Salina and you can serve at Grace Bridge, like many of you have experienced in this service. Or some of you, maybe it's time for you to go on a mission trip. It's time for you to take a mission trip to Mexico, or it's time for you to go to Uganda and serve in that capacity. And I believe experiencing these trips and these opportunities to serve that reflect the life of Jesus while having a strategic focus on sharing with someone how they can know this, this leads to a missional lifestyle. But truly, a missional lifestyle is looking at every opportunity in your life. I always do that laser thing, guys. So here's where it comes down to me and you getting real this morning. We have to make a resolve in our hearts. We need to make a resolve in our hearts not to look religious or to be caught up in rituals, but to truly, but truly living out our faith by worshiping God through acts of service with a strategic focus on being the hands and feet of Jesus and the hope that someone will come to know him personally by that act of service, which is ultimately worshiping the Lord. There's plenty of ways outside that you can begin to serve. But men, I'm going to tell some of you right now this morning, where you need to start living missionally is by serving your wife. Ladies, wives, same thing. You need to begin by serving right where you spend most of your time, and that's by serving your husband as an act of worship before the Lord. Students, Young people, this is not a concept for adults. In fact, your generation probably gets it better than the generations that have come before you. Your generation longs for authenticity, for realness. And realness means spending time with people. It's putting your resources where your mouth is and getting engaged and getting involved. So serving daily is what we're called to and, and what we should be about. Some of you need to walk across the, the little aisle you have in your office complex to the cubicle next to you because you need to serve the person next to you. Or walk down the street to the neighbor that always parks their car on the wrong side of the road facing the wrong way. Go love them. It's okay. It's probably an indication of the direction of their life. <laughs> right? But everywhere we go, there's opportunities to serve people. There's opportunities to be used by Christ. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, like I mentioned earlier, who, 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 who has been this way for a long time, I'm creeping up on 31 years of being a, a believer. I'm really not that old. I am. But here's the thing. We are called. We are saved unto this purpose of serving other people. This is the plan that God has put together to let the whole world know about how much he loves us. And we get to be a part of that in the smallest of ways. Or for those of you who are serving in the children's ministry. Or those of you who are serving in the student ministry. Or those of you who are greeters and work in the parking lot. Serving at your church is a big deal. A few weeks ago, you guys all signed commitment cards that you were going to get involved in a strategic way in the church. How's it going? Because we have to move beyond commitment to action. 
and, and see that as an act of worship and an act of obedience before the Lord. Or some of you, it's time for you to come to Gracebridge and let me introduce you to, to some of the most beautiful people you'll ever meet in the world and let you and your family have an opportunity in this isolated moment that I hope sets an example but also sparks something in your life of your family where, you know what, you're too busy to come serve at Gracebridge because God's turned you on to the Laundry Love Ministry or because you found something in your own neighborhood that you need to do every Saturday to serve your neighbors. And let's not forget, in Luke chapter 10, we see a very similar passage of Scripture. And the guy's asking Jesus, so who exactly is my neighbor? It's the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? The most unlikely candidate in the story to actually stop and help the guy on the side of the road. He does it, puts him on his donkey, carries him to a hotel, puts him up for a couple of days, makes sure he's good to go. And Jesus said, well, tell me in the story, who was, who was, the, good, who was the neighbor? And the guy said, well, the one who... who uh, Showed mercy. He says, well, you've answered wisely. You've, actually, you've answered correctly. You go and do likewise. And so serving at Gracebridge or in your community during an event type deal should ignite this spark, this life of living intentional, of serving the Lord day in and day out. And then finally, some of you, it is time for you to do a mission trip. Ooh, right? It is time for you to go on a mission trip. You need to get out of your comfort zone. You need to have the Lord stretch you and challenge you. You need to experience turbulence on an airplane over the ocean. And you know there's nowhere to go but heaven. <laughs> because it's purifying to your soul. It's, it's purifying to your thought process. I pray more on jet airliners than I have in a lot of places. God wants to do this work in us. And sometimes it starts with an event, but it should always lead to missional living. It should always lead to us maturing to the fact that God has saved us to use us as a part of his plan for sharing with the whole world about how much he loves us. And so whether you put your name down outside to come serve at Gracebridge or whether your mind's spinning this morning about people that you know that you need to go home and make some cookies and just drop them on their doorstep in the rain today, I might add. If God's calling you to do it, get an umbrella. But go do it. So I pray for you as a church family, as a body of Christ called Frisco Bible Church, that you will come on this journey with me of let's do this resale store thing well. Bring us all your awesome stuff. Come volunteer there and let us build up the resources that we need to open a distribution center that will become a place for people to walk in dead in their sins, receive and have their physical needs met, but to walk out alive in Jesus Christ, having tasted the bread of life and drink of the living water of Jesus Christ. Because that's what we get to do. That's what we've been saved for. And the last thing I'll say this morning is if this is all a completely foreign concept to you, I would ask you this. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior this morning? Will you just bow your heads with me for just a few minutes? Do you know Jesus Christ loves you unconditionally right where you are? And He loves you and he has a plan for your life.
I said it earlier, apart from Jesus Christ, we are all poor and in need. And so this morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, right where you sit, would you just pray to the Lord? You can say it out loud, people won't stare, I promise. Or you can say it quietly in your heart, Jesus, I need you. Thank you for loving me. Forgive me of my sins. And today, I commit my life to you. If you prayed that prayer this morning, after Pastor Wayne comes up and makes a, a few announcements, there's going to be a prayer team down here. I'd love for you to come down here and tell one of them that I prayed to receive Christ today, and I'm ready to get in on this serving deal because I know the Jesus y'all talk about. And then ultimately, I would ask today that you would pray for God to give you eyes to see how you can serve him. Dear Jesus, thank you for this time. I pray, God, that you will move mightily in the hearts of your people. And thank you for loving us unconditionally. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.